energy girl, can you help me? I don't understand this paper. Can you help me? Can you help me? Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Energy Girl, a podcast where we unpack research papers and industry reports to make the field of energy and sustainability more accessible. My name is Audrey and I'm an electrical engineer in the clean tech industry. I'm again joined by Trader Joe's mac and cheese enthusiast, Janine. Hello, Janine. Hey, Audrey. How are you? I'm doing uh, pretty okay. Um, that's convincing thank you I'm trying to convince myself Um, I I think that uh, quarantine is um, slowly beginning to uh, leech my serenity such as it is Um, and I am treating myself with um, copious amounts of Animal Crossing so I'm on the up and up I will be okay in the end but boy howdy it's been a time. It's been a time and a half for performing artists. We just learned a lot of kind of spooky things about perhaps the future of uh, performance art for the next half, year and a half, conservatively. So, you know, we're, all, we're, we're taking a little breather and then we're going to come up with some cool ideas and then hopefully get them done. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. All what right. are you doing? I, I'm doing well sitting in my closet because neighbors are loud oh well you're Uh-oh. fine neighbors but just <sighs> anyway hey neighbors if you hear this <laughs> you're not fine anyway i'm doing pretty well um i was on furlough last week which mm. you know was what it was it was it's not the best to like not be able to work and get paid but you know in relation to how other people are doing you know i'm i'm very grateful um mm-hmm. for my situation and I was productive and I wrote a lot and I was resting a lot and I engaged in internet snark because <laughs> my reptile brain craves gossip and internet drama. Um, but I'm back to work today and it's good and it makes me feel like a person again. Woohoo. Happy to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, because we are back to personhood, or at least I am, um, we're going to talk about... <laughs> Wind today. Wind, baby. Yeah, so I couldn't find a singular research paper that really embodied everything that I wanted to talk about because I want to touch on so many different subjects. So this week, instead of reading a paper, Janine and I both read a post from the Into the Wind blog published by the American Wind Energy Association. The post is entitled The Truth About Wind Power. Whenever I read that, I just go into the wind, you know, like into the woods. I do not know what that is. I know what it is, but I don't know any of the songs from it or like anything. That's fine. It's okay. I'm a fake musician. Like (laughs) I'm going to assign you, you assign me some papers. I'm going to assign you some musicals. It'll be fine. Okay. Uh, Getting (laughs) off topic again. I guess I'm a bad musician. I enjoy, I enjoy singing. I do not enjoy listening to other people sing. (laughs) Is that weird? What? Whoa. <laughs> like, I, I was in choir for like my entire life, but I hate going to choir concerts. I hate listening to music. <laughs> oh my God. She's yeah, I, soulless. <laughs> unless it's you, unless it's you singing. Oh, <laughs> shucks. 
Well, it's kind of like with sports. Like, I don't care about sports unless it's a team from my school or something. So it has to be oh. someone I know on stage that I care to listen to. Otherwise. Well, wait a minute. You care a lot about sports. You painted your entire body red and white, like, multiple times. Why didn't you ever do that at my that recital? That was for huh? Houston Cougars. Do you want me to come naked to your recital? <laughs> I mean, it's we'll up see. to you. It's your prerogative. <laughs> okay. Well, Anyways. next time. Anyway. Back to the subject, wind. All right. So the title was The Truth About Wind Power. I presume we don't need to unpack that because I think you know all those words. Um, well, I mean, truth is kind of a loaded subject, <laughs> but we're, we don't have at all enough time to get into that. So, Well, what are your impressions? What, what emotions did this blog evoke? What do you feel? Mm. Um. I think it, like, to me, it reads a whole lot like, uh, like, you know, those Ace Attorney games where you're, like, you know, an attorney and you're arguing, you know? Okay. Someone will know. Um, So it feels a lot like that. Like, it's like somebody's defending wind. Yeah. That kind of, you know, that's kind of how it read. That's indeed what it is because (sighs) for some reason... There's so much misinformation around wind, specifically of all the renewables. This post got me riled up, like in a good way, though. It's a subject mm. that I love slash hate because I love wind, but I hate all of the, frankly, asinine arguments against wind. It's just blatant misinformation. Um, some of it intentional, I think, and some of it is just, I, I don't know what's going through people's minds. Um, <laughs> not much. Not much, apparently. So <laughs> today I cannot freaking wait to unpack all the drama conflama of wind energy. Oh, my. Yeah. It's um, real housewives <laughs> of the windmills. Oh, and with that, before we proceed, you just said real housewives of the windmills. So our number one rule today. Oh, no, I did a bad. You oh, did no. a bad. So FYI, if you don't want to look like a huge clown, um, wind turbines are the ones that make electricity wind mills are the cute little dutch ones that like grind grains mm. so okay. fyi this has been a public service announcement because i want to correct people all the time but then i become that horrible person that corrects people <laughs> no i want you to call me out on that and okay. audrey like beyond that i want to be a better human being Impossible. so i need some incentive okay hang on <laughs> thank you i'm gonna take that as a kind compliment um but every time I say windmill, when I mean to say wind turbine, I have to Venmo you a whole entire U.S. dollar. USD. All right. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any euros. That's a so. that's a bet. I don't want. I don't want a euro. I'm not going okay. to Europe. Well, I don't want. There's it. probably no reason to use it anytime soon. Yeah. So S- here, send yeah, me so. a Swiss franc. <laughs> yeah. I'll send you a Deutschmark. Oh, <laughs> Find some obscure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, uh, Audrey's going to help me out with that. Um, I need a little bit of uh, negative reinforcement <laughs> whenever God. I mess this up. So there you go. Yeah. So the article, it seems like it's like focusing on the impacts of wind, mm-hmm. but I have a few questions okay. about yeah. wind turbines and how they work okay so like what it do how it work (laughs) 
Okay, let's get into it. This is going to, you got to stay with me, focus up, okay? Mm -hmm. This is going to be intense. Turbines. All right. So energy cannot be created nor destroyed, right? It can only change form. So we're going to essentially follow the flow of energy through a turbine and hopefully it will be clear by the end. Mm -hmm. So we start with the wind. Wind is kinetic energy, the energy of motion. And the wind, Mm -hmm. just like... um, what are those little toys that kids have? The, the little windmills. Yeah. Uh, pinwheels. 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 <laughs> oh, I, think no. that, I think that counts as an incorrect use of the word windmill. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Getting off to a great start. All right. Amazing. Yeah. So wind blows against the rotor. So the rotor is the, the big spinny mm-hmm. guy with the three blades. Mm-hmm. All right, so that when that rotor turns, it turns a shaft. So the shaft is like a big. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. It, it's like the axle on your car. It's like the, a big rod. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that shaft is connected to a gearbox. Uh-huh. Now, gearbox is a series of gears um, of different sizes that are all connected. So the reason for doing that is if you have a really big gear that's connected to a small one and you turn the big one, then the small mm-hmm. one that's connected to it has to go faster in order to keep up with the big one. So, oh, it's yeah. A, yeah, it's a way of increasing the power of a turning force. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then from that gearbox, the gearbox is connected to a generator. And this is where the magic happens. The way a generator works is when you rotate magnets in relation Mm -hmm. to loops of wire or vice versa, then you can manipulate the electrons in the wire to transform that rotating mechanical power into electrical power. Uh So that's like where the crazy magic happens. So if we zoom out again, we have that wind power providing mechanical energy in one direction. We turn that one-directional mechanical energy into rotational energy. Mm. And then with our gearbox, we, I I don't want to use this word, but kind of amplify almost. Mm. Um, It's not really amplification, but it's taking that rotation and just speeding it up with the gearbox. Mm -hmm. And then once we have this really fast rotation, we use it in the generator to turn that rotating energy into electrical energy. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I follow. Um, why, why are they so big? I see. Like, there's like, there's like constantly this like never-ending turbine, turbine uh, parade going down I-10 like all the time. And I think they're going west, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> but mean- when I see them, they're just like huge. Yeah. You mean like the eighteen-wheelers that are dragging parts of the turbine? Yeah, like those giant giant blades yeah. that are like make me feel very very small and insignificant as they should um mm-hmm. so there are two main reasons <laughs> so because math um the amount of energy mm. you can get from the turbine is directly related to the diameter of the rotor so mm. you have to make the circle that the blades draw as big as possible to get them as much energy as you mm. can out mm-hmm. of it um, and the second reason is that the wind is much more powerful at a higher altitude than at ground level. Because, um, hmm. like, you might not even feel the wind very much if you're standing underneath the wind turbine, but way up there, it's about 100 meters high, which is um, a little bit bigger than a football field. 
the wind is much more powerful up there. So you've, you've actually been on one of these, right? I have. Thank you for remembering, because I did post a selfie. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. The coolest selfie ever. It was, it was very cool. Uh, <laughs> not to brag. Um, but, but yeah, I did, because I was interning at a, a wind farm operator a bunch of years ago, and I had the opportunity to go to a couple wind farms and climb up uh, a wind turbine and stand on the very top. Um, and I was not ready for how... Um, how high that would be. I guess I thought I would be more scared of the height, but that actually wasn't the issue. It's, as I said, a football field of length straight up. So just a football field, a ladder. And I mean, there are like intermediate stages where you get to rest, um, but Mm -hmm. 100 meters straight up into the air and you have to carry this 50 pound safety harness at the same time. CrossFit stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) You know, they try to keep it as nice and clean in there as possible, but because, as I said, there's gears, so that means there's lots of grease in there and everything. The rungs on the ladder is kind of slippery. It's no, it's intense. Oh, oh yeah, that's terrifying. Oh yeah, yeah. And this was out in West someone... Texas in the summer, so it gets hot in there too. Oh, yeah, that gosh. job is no joke. Couldn't someone just like sit at the bottom and like pull you up like a rock wall? <laughs> Some wind turbines actually do have um, elevators inside. Or, well, not elevator, but a lift, you know. Mm, Um, But not all of them do. And I think, I'm misremembering maybe, but I think it was just down for maintenance or something at the time. It's also kind of a rite of passage that, like, you should climb (laughs) up the wind turbine. (laughs) Right? So I wanted to do it. I really did. It's It's like that part in Mulan when she finally gets people's approval. When she can climb a large freaking tower. Every person who works on wind turbines is a little bit Mulan at yes. that point. Yes. Anyways, so I saw um, some terms in these things that uh, this this article that I wasn't like super clear on. There can be onshore and offshore. Yep. Right? So that just means that they're in the ocean. Correct? Yeah, yeah. Onshore means wind turbines that are built on land, and offshore means um, they're built in the ocean. I think, mm-hmm. I think they're floating in the ocean, um, just like an oil rig does. Yeah, yeah, they're floating, but they're kind of attached to the ground with like essentially a wire. I'm so, hold the phone. Oil rigs float. <laughs> yes, oil rigs float. <laughs> Dang, that yeah. didn't compute. I guess. <laughs> I've always seen them and thought, oh, they go all the way down. Nope. But, all right, well, that'll be a fun episode for another day. <laughs> what, oil rigs? Oh, yeah. I don't want to, but maybe. <laughs> oil is not my specialty, and that is on purpose. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, like, does the U.S. not have a lot of offshore stuff? Because oh. I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, no, the U.S. doesn't... Um... And, you know, because people in, what, like Nantucket or something were like, it ruins my view. So the U.S. is kind of behind. We're definitely growing, and it's a huge burgeoning market here. But I have a pop quiz for you. What? So given that information we just went over, there's onshore and offshore, and offshore is going to be like way out in the ocean. Mm-hmm. What do you think one of the main challenges about wind energy is? How the heck do you get it back on land? How do you get it to people, right? Yes. How do you get it to people, Janine? 
Those sexy transmission lines. Yes, baby! Full <laughs> circle, Barbara! Yes! Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, because when... I learned. You did learn something that's amazing. Uh, because wind turbines have to be out in big open spaces, they're really far away from cities or demand centers. Uh, so we, mm-hmm. for both offshore and onshore wind, we need long-haul transmission lines. Um but especially with offshore, it's becoming an even bigger talking point, I guess. People are always talking right. about transmission, transmission, transmission. Mm-hmm. Oh, another, I guess, kind of fun fact. Um, because of friction, <laughs> basically, the amount of mm-hmm. energy you can get from the wind that's offshore over the ocean, it's a lot more than onshore. Because once you get wow. onto the land, there's like basically like friction <laughs> from the land against the wind. Um, yeah. So it just flows yeah. freely off the waves. Yeah, not a off more, yeah. The planes. I yes. see. Yeah, okay. So that's why I people could, are. I could buy that. Yeah, people are really like, we have to do offshore. There's so much potential there. So it always seems to be yeah. windier at the ocean too. I don't know if that's like, if there's any truth to that. But like, I'm always there's always sand in my face. That's what I. That's my takeaway. Well, from isn't the ocean. that? Wait. Okay, Google says the energy that drives wind originates with the sun, which heats the earth unevenly, creating warm spots and cool spots. And they rush. Oh, yeah. It has to do with the pressure and nature abhorring a vacuum. Something like that. Yeah. It must be much much more windy at the beach because of like that difference between the water and the land? Question mark? That makes sense. I'll buy it. Call in if you have the answer. We'll take your call right now. All right. Any more questions? I don't think so. Amazing. So let's jump into the truth about wind power. Now, they, the article is set up with that it's essentially a list of myths that the author busts. So I'm not going to go through all of them, but I am going to go through the main points that I just hear constantly in the public discourse that kind of drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. So the first section is policy. So wind receives what's called a production tax credit. It's essentially like a coupon that says if you make X amount of energy with your wind turbines, then you get some percentage off your taxes. And some people like to say wind only exists because it's being propped up by government tax credits. If it didn't get these benefits, the wind industry would collapse. And they, you know, try to pretend like wind isn't profitable or healthy or anything. Mm. But plot freaking twist fossil fuels Uh get way more government support than wind. So who's an unhealthy market now? (laughs) Um, Uh So here's a a quote from the article. From 1950 to 2010, 70% of all energy subsidies went to fossil fuels, with less than 3% going to wind power, according to the Nuclear Energy Institute. So the government is literally incentivizing fossil fuels. (laughs) So like this is with the same like tax credits? And this, other gifts. The thing you're specifically <laughs> talking about here, subsidies, that's not a tax credit. Um, oh, just like the, money. Yeah, just money. 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 Here's some money. Um, money, please. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. I <laughs> care deeply about one of these points. Okay. What about the baby birds? Don't talk to me what about, about the birds. The I don't care about what the birds. What do you birds. mean? No, I do care about the birds. Um, but I do hate when people pretend to care about the birds. When Yeah, if you really... like the birds, name their first 10 albums or you're a fake fan. <laughs> you don't actually care about the birds, you poser. 
Like, actually, though, because people who are anti-climate change or, like, against renewables are like, we can't use wind because it hurts the birds. I'm like, you literally don't care about the birds (laughs) because climate change is destroying their habitats. Also, here here are the true facts. Overall, wind causes less than 0.01% of all human-related bird deaths. Mm -hmm. So the article actually has this really amazing figure that came from Bloomberg, um, it's called bird deaths, and it rates the number of bird <laughs> deaths in millions. So wind turbines, like you can't even see the number, so it's really negligible yeah, like, compared to automobiles. Cool. Okay, so they're at about what two hundred million. Building windows, that is going to be around six hundred million. Those damn and then buildings. Cats at two point four billion. <laughs> so yeah, I'm shook. We've really been sleeping on cats. Can cats generate electricity from their killing of birds? Because that seems like that's just untapped. Moving on. While I recognize that it's not a good argument to say, like, at least we're not as bad as them, because clearly there are are still problems. Wind is held to a higher standard, though. Um, Mm -hmm. And they do so much to study and avoid and minimize any wildlife impacts. I remember when I was working working in wind, whenever you're developing a new site, you have to do all these studies to see if you're in a migration path, what kind of animals mm-hmm. live in this area. Um, mm-hmm. This isn't about birds, but up in Pennsylvania, there are these rattlesnakes that are protected. So on the wind farm, they had to have a rattlesnake roundup where the community <laughs> literally goes out into the woods and they just like round up these rattlesnakes and count them and then release them back into the wild. <laughs> That is a thankless job. I, what do you do? Like oh, count rattlesnakes count just rattlesnakes, to let them go. Yeah. So essentially, the real bad guy of all of this is cats. Keep your cats indoors, I guess. Come on, dude. Or actually, does it matter? I don't know. I guess I don't have to go into this, but like, at least back where I came from in Houston, where there were like tons of um, doves everywhere, and not even the nice morning doves, but the big fat awful white wing doves they were clearly oh, yeah. overpopulated there were all these dumb teenage birds that didn't know how to be an adult like just sitting in the road like come on Ooh. anyway i think it's time for an art break woohoo woohoo janine would you please educate us on a cool fact from art and or music history glitty okay so uh coming back at you Today, I am very heavily inspired by the work of uh, Mr. William Robin, who is a journalist at the New York Times. And he had um, just published an article about the 1918 pandemic's impact on music um, in the United States. And I found that incredibly interesting because, of course, history is a a great teacher. uh, And it's good to see what had happened. So... For a little bit of backstory, I'm currently trying to uh, get my master's in singing. But because of all this craziness uh, with COVID, you know, people are really rethinking, wow, what is important? What should we have in our, you know, education system to support this kind of education that cannot be done online? (laughs) And it's really kind of looking grim, as I alluded to previously. Um, I think we're going to get through it. And Obviously, the past indicates that we will too, but I needed a little bit of uh, a little bit of optimism from how we dealt with this kind of stuff in the past. So, you know, looking through this article, it's kind of interesting. It seems as if 
you know, this is before we, we had all of the technological advances that we do now that we can kind of, you know, really figure out, okay, how our influence is transferred to other people. Like, I think it wasn't until the 1970s, and I could, like, quote me if I'm wrong on this, because I probably am, but I think that that was, like, the first time that people had really established that, oh, wait, these things can be airborne. So, um, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. About viruses and everything. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Timeline. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. Yeah, but no worries. I, I mean, can't fact check you, but call in if you know the answer. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there was like some study out about people on a plane and that being like, you know, how some sort of flu spread. But um, yeah, so it, it's really interesting to see how Americans responded to this. And we know from, you know, people who've been talking now that in Philadelphia, especially, they had these parades that went on and they didn't really implement any like distancing measures. Uh, and so a lot of people got sick because they were just in really close quarters with each other. And then you think of like an unair conditioned opera hall packed with gills with people. The craziest thing is that none of these really got super canceled like how they have been now. Like, you know, you imagine like South by Southwest getting canceled, you know, the equivalent of South by Southwest back in the early 1900s. They didn't really cancel anything. Like maybe some of the performers would be sick or if the conductor would get a sub or something. It's kind of crazy how different the approach is now than it was back then. And what was really interesting to me is that he points out that the the phonograph companies took this as an opportunity to really push the whole, hey, you should buy a phonograph because you don't have to get sick if you're just huh. listening to uh, a, rec- a record in your own home. Yeah. So... There were some orchestras that suspended openings and like some that like pushback shows, which is what we're seeing right now. Um, and, you know, there were unfortunately some deaths of performers because, mm. you know, it is a lethal flu. What's interesting, though, is that the next year, once it had kind of passed, things went back to normal. And, and the, the, the following year after one that had been punctuated with like so many late starts and <laughs> rescheduled stuff. You know, they really kind of went ham on performing music all across the country. There's like new opera houses that opened new band concerts, you know, just like a bunch of different stuff. Like everybody was so excited to get back out again. So although it seems like it is a very long time away, it is kind of comforting to know that we've gotten through it with less. And that's not to say that there wasn't a horrible, horrible cost to that pandemic, but that civilization will keep going. And it's not the end of everything. And also, there's probably going to be a buck wild party when this is all over. <laughs> so right. look right. forward to that. And that was kind of a nice thing to, to kind of read and, uh, and, and learn more about. So anyways, I think we're, I'll, I'll probably uh, link this article somewhere in our description. But yeah, that's kind of what I've been thinking about. That's my music history, three minutes. <laughs> yeah, I think that was lovely. And it's a good thing to remember, even though... You know, I'm so sorry that this is putting a a hitch in your educational plans, but it should just be, you know, they say it's, what, 18 months to develop a vaccine, and that that means it's, you know, maybe a year, year and a half of waiting for this to truly be over. But Mm -hmm. after that, people are always going to want art, and they're always going to want music, so... Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. over. I, mean, I, you know? I, I, I want to say that, like, you know, the most important thing, obviously, is that people remain healthy and that we yeah. make sure that people are not putting themselves in harm's way. 
And I am not mad about doing that. I'm mm-hmm. very happy to do that. Um, yeah. But you know, it is, it's rough. It's hard to be inside all the time. And it is kind of inspiring to see artists all over the world, you know, creating this virtual content for people. Mm-hmm. And that the response is so good. You know, people do need art. You know, it yeah. might not be like a utility bill kind of thing, <laughs> but you do need it in order to get through your life. I need electricity, but boy, howdy, do I also need video games and music. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I've been thinking so, about yeah. that a lot. About what would I be absolutely doing in my spare time if there was no art? Everything that I'm doing has something to do with some art, whether it's a, a show someone produced or a book that I'm reading. It's something that someone has made. Right. You know, so. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's cool. I mean, I feel like a lot of times STEM and the arts have historically been pitted against each other in a which, stupid, <sighs> stupid way, which is honestly just so ridiculous because they are both so interconnected and they're yes. ultimately kind of the same thing because I look at yes. some of the science stuff and it's kind of like, wow, if that ain't performance art or wow, like somebody had to create all these figures and isn't that cool? Yeah. It's not just, you know, somebody, oh, well, this is where the art kids hang out and this is where the people who actually make money hang out, you know, <sighs> like that's kind of ridiculous. And I, and I feel like um, more and more now, hopefully we're starting to see the importance of, of really having both in your life because yeah. it's just a better way to live. You know, you're not depriving yourself of anything. Can we do an episode on this? Because I've been thinking about this a lot. <laughs> I would love to, Audrey. Okay. I think steam, that, steam, steam. That's okay. <laughs> steam, yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Future episode coming at you. It's going to be STEM and the arts, steam. Okay. But I, I love do. that you brought that up because that's actually kind of what my, my art moment is. I wanted to focus yeah. on Alexander Calder, which if you don't know, he's one of my favorite artists. He's a sculptor who is most famous for making mobiles. Um, so, you know, those hangy mm. things that, you know, I, I guess would be above a baby, mm. but his are not above babies. <laughs> um, <laughs> and anyway, they're what we'd call kinetic sculpture because they rely on air or kinetic energy to move them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it would be appropriate to talk about Calder today because... And maybe this is just my perspective because I'm a huge nerd, but I view wind turbines <laughs> as giant kinetic sculpture. I think they're so beautiful. And I do not they still are. They are. And I do not understand the people who are, you know, on their, their nice house in Nantucket or like Martha's <laughs> Vineyard or whatever saying that it's ruining the view because I think they're just so gorgeous. Um, and even the, the pictures don't do them justice. Being up next to them, they're so huge. And they make me feel like like I'm Hogarth and they're the Iron Giant, you know? <laughs> it makes you so feel so small. Yeah, but how is that not art? Like, how is that, you know, that is. Is, that's so true. Because it's like, it is, it's created by, by humans, but yet it dwarfs us. And it's like yeah. so cool. And it, it, it gives you that, that feeling that like, that's what people are after when they're creating yeah. art, I think. Yes. In some ways, is that if you want to create this really visceral experience. And I totally feel that whenever I'm driving down I-10 and there's a massive turbine (laughs) blade going next to me, I'm like, oh my God, you know? It's like seeing the arm of the Lady Liberty, you know? You're just like whizzing past it and there's this giant colossus next to you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's so cool. Yeah, I I totally get that. That's awesome. Wind turbines are cool. Yeah, and I'm just thinking about 
I went to West Texas and I saw the the wind turbines and you know that's more of a desert so you can see them very clearly and then I went to Pennsylvania mm -hmm. we're in the mountains and there's all these trees and fog and I'm like where are the wind turbines mm -hmm. and then suddenly emerging from the fog right next to me giant turbine this the blade like came swooped Whoa. down and it, it's nowhere <gasps> near hitting it's completely safe but it's it's like an arm that's coming your fight or flight yeah it's like <laughs> It's that opening scene from Howl's Moving Castle where the castle suddenly emerges from the fog. That's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah. Oh, wow. So That's it's amazing. Beautiful. All right. So we're not done with our art break yet because I have gotten lots of comments about our cute thumbnails, people complimenting how adorable they are. So these are drawings made by Janine, and all of her work is so funny and cerebral, and I want, I would mm -hmm. love if you could tell the good people where they can find your art, if they want to buy it, where can they buy it? Yeah, so um, I am on Instagram at uh, JA9, the number nine, doodles, so just one contiguous word, um, and I post, you know, semi-regularly the stuff that I've been uh, doodling and um, lately I've been selling my art on Redbubble which um, I think is linked to my actual account uh, on Instagram uh, and you can go there and, and buy some stuff. Right now I am donating literally everything that I receive to um, COVID artist release, uh, relief funds uh, because so yeah, nice well, you know, we're, we're kind of in this boat together and I'm very lucky that I have, uh, I'm in a, I'm in a good place right now. Um, but that's, there are wow. many, many, many people who are way less well off than I mm -hmm. am. So that's, uh, that's where I've been, uh, sending all that around. Um, Redbubble wow. takes a chunk out of it, but you know, I'm, you know, do, do your part. It's for a good cause. I find mm -hmm. that people like buying stuff if they know that it's for a good cause. So yeah. <laughs> art with a heart that's, that's what i will say oh art God. with a heart dang it yeah so so uh check out that instagram uh if you like what you see go on redbubble there's a couple things that are up right now probably gonna put more on so yeah thank you audrey yeah and i link i reference her on all of the different postings for this so you should be able to find that handle that twitter handle or instagram handle anywhere <laughs> All right, so let's continue with wind. We talked about policy. Mm -hmm. We talked about uh, the burbs, the burbs and the bees. Um, and so <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to land and resources. So this right. article asks the question, how can wind farms help communities thrive? Um, mm -hmm. And I guess something that hadn't occurred to me, but I guess this is because there's an idea that having wind farms near near properties lowers the property value mm. and here's myth busted there are very many sources at the article um references that shows that there is no statistical evidence that home values uh near turbines were affected by the turbines post-construction or post-announcement or pre-construction there is no evidence that this is true another thing about land and resources that i was surprised that they didn't talk about was that it actually can help the community um, by giving landowners new sources of revenue. Uh, so typically a landowner is going to have maybe a farm or something, but now they can have multiple sources of income. There are many landowners who have wind turbines on their land, and then you can still have animals grazing in between them. 
And that's actually a benefit of wind over solar is that you can have this dual purpose. Your land is literally mm-hmm. has two revenue streams all at once. Um, and they don't have to do anything. They, they just sit back and the wind turbines generate power and they get paid. So <laughs> it's great. That sounds so yeah. wholesome. I'm just like picturing like a field of cows and wind turbines. I, I want to go to there. That's yeah, great. like actually in West Texas, I, I was out there. There was um, a big steer right next to a wind turbine <laughs> that I was um, going into. So yeah, it's really fun out there. Oh, cute. Next topic that's going to drive me crazy is health and safety. Uh-oh, we'll here we go. About sound. Our mm-hmm. great leader, the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, told the uh, American public that wind turbines give people cancer. And he went, rawr, rawr, rawr. I could not believe that noise that he made. And I that's, think that uh, gave me cancer <laughs> listening to him sing. Oh, God. So, first of all, there hey, is- Hey, Audrey. Hey, yeah. Audrey. As someone who makes sound for a living, let me just, uh, let me take the mic for a moment. Sure. Hey, um, hey sound does not cause cancer. <laughs> I wish I didn't have to say that, but uh, there we go. As someone who wheels and deals and sound, let me tell you, that's unbelievable. Anyway. Yeah. So first, there is no evidence to support a link between an exposure to wind turbine noise and any of the self-reported illnesses, first of all. Mm-hmm. Second of all, as a person who has been on wind farms, it is so beautiful and quiet and serene out there he is clearly talking out of his big old butt he doesn't know anything because he's never been there he's just making shit up it is no louder than the actual wind (laughs) so there's my little soapbox all right i guess those were the main topics that i wanted to cover because we spent a lot of time talking about Mm. technology and about art and everything so Janine, what do you think the main takeaways for our listeners should be? Well, um, it's that probably like the stuff that people like to say about wind to disparage it might possibly have another motivation. So what matters is that you actually be an informed getter of your own knowledge, you know, and, and really try to get it from the source rather than maybe some hearsay from our great and very venerable, trusted, dear leader. I mean, as as an add-on to that, if it sounds kind of weird, and it's probably not true. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's the same takeaway. I want people to be aware that there there is a heavy and intentional misinformation war being waged against renewables, and Mm -hmm. it seems like wind is often the target of that. So, so yeah, you, you definitely hit the nail on the head. Yeah. But a second point that people should just know, wind is amazing and it's beautiful and it's clean and <laughs> it's affordable and it can really help us meet all of our clean energy goals. Um, and per capita, yeah. it kills less birds than cats do. So By miles. For what's oh that my word? <laughs> yeah. All right. Our last segment, our energy moment. Janine, how have you been thinking about or using energy lately? Um, So I am in Austin right now, which is fun. It's where I grew up. But in order to get to Austin, I have to use my car. And the interesting thing about that is that 
it has literally never been cheaper for me to use my car in my entire life. From the time that I got a license to now, I do not think it has ever been as cheap as it currently is. And Wait, that is, what was the gas price? It's like in the 150s. Hmm. Yeah. Thinking about the, the crazy, crazy cheap cost of oil right now and, you know, maybe what that will mean for, for people who work in oil in, in Houston. And, you know, I've got a lot of empathy for people who are <laughs> feeling the burn of this, but... Uh, with COVID, but it's, it's interesting because now, now I'm learning. (laughs) You know, that was kind of a joke that, that my, my dad would always make. Something that's kind of Mm -hmm. funny about being in Texas is that Texans love to drive their giant trucks. So Mm -hmm. it would seem like, oh, it's great when gas costs are down, but everyone in Texas is also employed by oil. So they want the price high. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's a weird it's a strange paradox, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, that's that's my uh my energy moment. What about you? What about me? Oh, this is okay. This is my well actually moment. I have seen a mm-hmm. lot of discourse on the Twitter about oh, meal never. kit delivery services um, and whether they are more wasteful than buying your own groceries. So the answer to that is yes. But with some caveats, it kind of depends. So with meal kit services, they do cut down on food waste because they know exactly how much food they're going to need from all the different orders that come in. Um, But the energy waste Mm. comes in with the packaging. And in fact, their transportation energy use is is less than um, people going to the grocery store on their own because they know exactly what the route needs to be and they've optimized that and they have centralized distribution centers. So because of all that packaging, yes, they are more energy intensive than just an individual going to the grocery store. However, the transportation between your home and the grocery store is the biggest like waste of energy in that process. So if you're making mm-hmm. lots of frequent trips to the grocery store, or if you have a long way to go to the grocery store, it actually might be less energy intensive to um, uh, do the meal kit delivery service. Um, so it kind of depends. But of course, that field is changing and getting better. So that might, um, those energy uh, costs might come down soon. Um, But I will link a great podcast that I love by Green Tech Media. It's The Interchange. And they did an episode on on meal kits. And they brought in this researcher from the University of Texas at Austin. And uh, she's wonderful. And her research focuses on this. So if you want want all the true facts in case that I accidentally misspoke just now. Um, But I highly Mm -hmm. recommend it, especially if you're thinking of uh, doing a meal kit service because um, it can be it can be worth it if you're maybe if you have kids or family or something or whatever. I'm not sure if any of our listeners yeah. have families. I think it's just like my friend Chris listening and and then like Snapchatting me at the same time as as they're listening, <laughs> repeating the jokes that we say to each other to me. Shout out to Chris. Shout out to Real Chris. Fun. Yeah, all all sixty views are just Chris listening. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> we're so lucky. Thanks for coming along on this ride, Chris. We make this for you, Chris. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. You've been listening to The Energy Girl, a podcast where we break down research papers and industry reports to make the field of energy and sustainability more accessible. Please feel free to reach out by tweeting at me, Audrey Wong Goslin. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Energy Girl. Meow. Why?